0: Today's scripture is from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6 and 12 through 17. Hear these words of scripture. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and he said, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Actually Matt found the the church first. We were church shopping, I like to call it, um, and we looked around and we were you know kind of feeling out where we would fit in because we had we were on a spiritual journey especially once the pandemic started and we were looking for a place to call home and find like a community and when Matt found actually Pastor Heidi's Facebook lives i think first yeah. and got some of her wisdom and stories and it made us laugh and it made the church kind of human for us through the online and then we decided to come for a service so we came for a Sunday outside service at eight thirty. and I remember going oh god we haven't been to church in so long and it's 8 30 in the morning but we wanted to do outside so we would we would get here and Everybody was warm and welcoming. They asked us what our name was, invited us for a communion, like, and the community just open arms, like, welcomed us. And then, that was in, like, May. And then in June, we really decided that we would become members. We were really exploring that. We had been coming a lot. And then the doors went outside uh, for Pride Month. And we just felt like we were at home. We were connected to... It was
2: like a sign for us. Yeah. Like, we had
1: never seen them before, and we live in the area, so when we drove by and saw them, I was like, oh. And it has the words, God's doors are open to all. And not everybody makes you feel that way.
2: It's not a sentiment that you pick up on in most churches, to be honest.
1: That's why we give, and that's why we give our time, and... We offered to do extra, like, we grew up in different churches as as kids, and it sometimes felt like the financial was shameful, and, like, you weren't allowed to ask what the church did with that money, or how they used it, or what it went towards, and here it's very transparent. It's very open. We have dialogue about it, like, This is what we're working towards doing. This is what that goes for. Um, This is what you could donate your time to. And I fell in love with that because it didn't feel forced.
2: I think the biggest thing with BMC is you can really feel the difference. You can see the impact that it's making on the community with all the different programs um, that are offered here and more than just uh, giving of your uh, ties of monetary gifts that you're able to give of your time and of your talents and really be able to see the impact that you're able to make on the community. Um, and that's just not something that you are able to pick up on or see in many churches. You know, you, it, in a lot of churches you give of your money, but like Max said, you don't always know what that's going to, but beyond just the monetary donations, you can really make an impact with your offerings of your time um, and your talents, and um, it really just it 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 lets you know that you're home because you're making an impact on more than just yourself.
3: Today we conclude our stewardship worship series, and stewardship is this time each year in the church each fall when we discuss money. We acknowledge that our money and how we choose to use it, how we are stewards of it, is part of our faith journey. And this stewardship season, our series has been about our money story. And each week we've seen a video of an individual or a couple or an organization that um, has choosing to share their money story and how God has um, changed their lives and and changed um, the church and the world throughout that. Because we each have a money story. Whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, it's there. It's this story that's filled with characters who have helped form us, a plot with all kinds of twists and turns, And it's set in our daily choices of how we relate to the resources that God has given us. And throughout this series, we have remembered all of those characters and those events that have helped create our own money story up until this point. And then we've released those parts of our story, the guilt, the shame, that don't serve us anymore And we've reimagined how we can better tell our story in light of God's money story of liberation and justice. And so finally, today we focus on restoration, restoring ourselves to a right relationship with God and with others. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning. Challenge us to live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. Today's scripture is one of my favorites. In it, we encounter seven of the disciples. It's about a week or so after Jesus was crucified, died, was buried, and then rose again. And Jesus had already appeared to them twice, telling them that he was going to send his spirit to them, to be with them as they shared the the story of Jesus with the world. But here we see the disciples in the middle of the night, and although they had seen Jesus after his death, they saw him twice. They were still grieving. They were still discombobulated and confused. They had lost their friend and their leader. And their entire lives had been turned upside down. And so Peter just says, I'm going to go fishing. Because it's what he knew. It's what he was before Jesus came along into his life. And so the other disciples say, all right, we'll go with you. And so they're out there. They're on this boat in the Sea of Galilee, and they're not catching anything. And I can imagine the frustration level at this point. Here they are. They lost their friend and their leader. They don't know what to do, so they think, all right, we're going to go do what we know how to do, and then that's not working either. And then this guy who's standing on the shore about 100 yards away yells out to them, are you guys having trouble? And they're like, yeah. So this guy says, well, try throwing your net on the other side of the boat. And so the disciples, I can imagine them looking at each other like, well, why not? Can't hurt anything. We're not catching. And so they throw their net on the other side of the boat. And they catch so many fish that they can't pull it back in. Verse 11 says, it was 153 fish in one net. Now, I don't know if it was exactly that number. I don't know where that number came from, but it's a lot of fish. That's the point of it, right? And it was at that moment that the disciples realize, oh, that's Jesus, not just some guy. And as soon as Simon Peter hears and realizes this is Jesus, he jumps into the water and runs the hundred yards towards the shore to Jesus. He's back. Jesus had not let them, left them again. He was there and he would tell them what to do, how they were supposed to live life now. And the rest of the disciples, they come back to shore in the boat and they pull their huge net of fish. And when they get there, Jesus already has this fire burning and some fish and some bread sitting there ready. And Jesus says, bring some of your fish, come have breakfast. And I can imagine in that morning light, they're all sitting there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee around this fire. And there wasn't much conversation. There's the crackle of the fire and they're quiet and they're just eating their bread and their fish, their breakfast together lost in thought, and at the same time just enjoying the presence of one another again. And as they get done eating, everyone begins to clean up, but Peter and Jesus still sit there by the fire, and Jesus breaks the silence, asking Peter, Peter, do you love me more than all of your other friends? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. And I can imagine Peter's face as he shows the confusion of what? And so Jesus repeats himself, Do you love me? And Peter again answers, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. So again, Jesus says, Take care of my sheep. But still, Peter wasn't comprehending. What are you talking about? So Jesus tries one more time. Do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord. You know all things. And you know that I love you. And again, Jesus replies, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus knows that the disciples are lost and confused Even though he's appeared to them twice already, they are still grieving. They're still overwhelmed at the task at hand by the world in which they suddenly find themselves. And in this moment, I find myself with those disciples because the world is not like it was three years ago. It seems like I say that every Sunday, but I do it because it feels like the world is trying to coerce us into believing that everything is back to normal, that everything is the same, we can go back to our pre-pandemic lives, everything is fine. But we know that's not true because we can feel it in our bones. We're tired, we're hurting, and hurt people hurt people, and so the blows keep coming and then the church, which is this, this thing that has not changed for generations, looks and feels different too. So I'm right there with the disciples in the middle of the night going, oh my gosh, I'm tired, I'm just going to go fishing. You <laughs> know, I don't fish. In today's scripture, though we see Jesus teaching the disciples and teaching us, because Jesus knows they're lost and confused and overwhelmed, and so he just gives them this practical, simple advice. Just feed my sheep. That's what Jesus wants from them. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Jesus doesn't expect miracles. Jesus had already done the miracle. Jesus had already been risen from the grave. Jesus filled the nets with abundance, gave them everything the disciples needed, and now Jesus is just saying, just take what I've given you and go and share it with others. Just feed my sheep. This is what you do. That's it. In this post-pandemic, currently endemic, I think, world that we are living in, Jesus is giving us these simple instructions too. Feed my sheep. Just use what I've given to you and take care of others. That's the purpose of the church. It's right there. When we create safe spaces to grow with God and one another, when when that is our mission, we're taking what we have, our building, our people, our finances, our hands, our feet, our hearts, our minds, our souls, and we're taking care of others and we're creating that space for love and for care. Sometimes that means creating time in the Sunday morning for coffee hour so people can sit together and catch up with one another and and bring a, a new person, a guest, into the fold. Sometimes it means fighting with technology on end because it's dumb and we want to have a dependable live stream, darn it. And then other times it means putting rainbow doors out in front so that people have absolutely no doubt that in this space they will be safe and loved and they will be cared for with the unconditional love of Jesus. That's why we're here, to share God's abundant hope and love, and peace, and joy with this hurting world by giving of our time, our God-given gifts that Jenny was talking about, our finances, and trusting that God will use what we have to do miracles. Not expecting us to do the miracles, but trusting that God will do the miracles through us. Today is Commitment Sunday, and that's a day when we acknowledge that God has given us so much. Sometimes it might not feel like it, but God has given us so much, that abundance in the net, and we have an opportunity to make a commitment, to give a portion, a pledge back to God in the coming year, to commit to feeding God's sheep in 2023. And there's something about taking a moment to pause and to leave space for giving that commitment. So we're going to do that now. We're going to take a moment. And if you have your pledge card ready now, I invite you to bring it up and place it here. These are pledge cards that people have turned in already, mailed in, Or maybe you go online and you give online. Or maybe you're just still pondering over this pledge card and aren't quite sure what to do. And all of that is good. And you're welcome after worship to... We have a few um, finance committee members who are going to be in the parlor, and you can give us a call, um, or you can email us and talk with us and ask those questions. And I do have to say that... um, so Matt and Max, who did the the, 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 the story, the video, um, they were part of our latest new member class. And I asked them simply because, to, to share, simply because I know they found us online. And so I wanted to hear a story about finding online. And the fact that um, they felt like we were open with our finances and, and transparent, that's really important for us because you have a lot of opportunities. It's not like it used to be where you could just give through the church and that was your option. There's lots of opportunities to give. And so we're grateful when people choose to give through our church because it's meaningful and we take that very seriously and want to do good by it. And so for them to, to see that as a quality is, is um, very affirming, I think. So now I invite you to let us pause and let us bring our pledges so that we might feed God's sheep in 2023. As we pray over our pledge cards, I've asked Eric, who is our um, finance chair. <laughs> Eric's been our finance chair for, okay. again, several years now. <laughs> if anybody would like to be a finance chair, let us know. <laughs> but with that, he's, I, I thank you for being a willing <laughs> servant, Eric. And I've invited him to come and pray with us over our pledge cards. Um, if you'd like to extend a hand, I invite you to do so. Let's pray. Beloved God, you have always been in the business of beginning again with us and with your world to bring restoration and for us to return to you. And God, we thank you for the over 200 years of history in this place in which you have shown people your joy and justice and love through Brexville United Methodist Church. And God, now we ask for you to bless these pledges that we offer to you, acknowledging that each pledge represents an individual, a family who is committed to growing with you and creating safe space of hope for all those who are in need. God, this is the work of restoration, for we are a restoration people. Thank you, beloved God, for this beautiful, holy community for their generosity and their trust. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now I would like, um, as our special music comes forward, I would like to encourage those who are joining us online to please share any prayers that you have. And you might use um, the comments on Facebook or prayer at brexelumc.com or you can also use our new text number. Thank you, Deanne and Michael, for sharing. I have several prayers that have come in. Um, Shelley asked for prayers for her sister, Barbara, who's having a heart catheterization on Wednesday, as well as prayers for Alex, Alex who is Angie's son, um, who was in a motorcycle accident. And then Kathy asked for prayers for her aunt, Lydia, who is battling cancer. And Amanda asks for prayers for her friend who was running um, her first marathon this morning. And then Jen says, A thanksgiving for our spiritual gifts, which, like fall leaves, make us all unique. I am grateful for when we all come together to color God's world and provide soft, safe spaces to land and give one another joy. And then Mary asks for prayers for her friend, um, her mom, her friend's mom, Donna, passed away last weekend, and services were yesterday. And then also, um, Allison asked for prayers for Jason as he heals from surgery, and Marla asked for prayers, um, uh, prayers of healing for Marsha, who had a very bad fall at work. With that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Restoring God, we are so grateful that you have always been in the business of beginning again. First you breathed life into dust, then you guided brother back to brother after years apart. You sent prophets when the people lost their way and you fed the hungry and healed the sick. You let the little children come to you and you forgave all of us from the cross. Then you came back and you reminded us of our call. You've always been in the work of restoration, of seeing us and claiming us and loving us and inviting us to return to you. And so today we come to you in prayer and we ask once more that you would restore us, restore us, to health, those who are hurting and sick. Restore our actions towards one another in love. Restore those who are fighting with addiction and anxiety and depression and mental illness. God, restore our dreams for this world to reveal your dream for us. And God, when our church places shame instead of caring for someone, when we idolize tradition instead of making room for the spirit to move, and when we forget your call to love our neighbors as ourself, God, hear our prayer that we truly want to restore all of who we are to you. We trust that you hear our prayers. And so together we lift our voices in the prayer that you taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I do want to take a little pastor moment right now. um, And just say how genuinely grateful I am for this church community. Because I know that life has not been easy. And change is not easy. And things are hard. And I can see that this church community has trusted in God, trusted in me, and in the leadership of this church. And I don't take that lightly. I'm very grateful for that. And for the ways that you continue to do that. So, thank you. As we go from this place, we do want to give a few ways that you can continue to grow with God and to continue to grow with one another. And a few of those ways are in the coming next few Sundays, are very special Sundays. Next Sunday is November 6th, (laughs) it's already November, and it's All Saints Sunday. And so anyone who has someone in their life who they have lost, lost this past year, please let us know so that we might um, read their name and remember them. And everyone is welcome to bring pictures of loved ones to bring and, and place on our altar. And if you are worship free, worshiping from afar and you would like to include a family member's um, or, or a loved one's picture, then email us a picture and we'll print it off and we'll put it on our, our, our altar as well. And then the next Sunday is Veteran Sunday, and we will remember and celebrate our veterans. And then we will also have a hygiene assembly kit right after our 1030 worship here um, up in 301, room 301, we'll assemble um, hygiene kits that will go to um, the MedWorks um, clinic that will be in, in later in uh, November. And that will go towards um, people who are um, unhomed and then also um, on (laughs) November 13th is a big day and then in the evening you can sign up you can come and have dinner with us and Russ and I are going to share stories and pictures and Russ is going to cook yummy food from our trip um, to Turkey and Greece and so we would love to share that with you we are going to work on live streaming that as well for those who are unable to join in person and then the next week guys Guys, the next week is hanging of the greens. Yay. Like, yay, but whoa. Like, I don't even know how to feel about this. <laughs> yes, so on Sunday the 20th, stay after this 10-30 service, and we will um, have fun. We'll have um, some food together. We will uh, decorate together and do some crafts and just have a great time. It's a great family event. Um, And it's a fun time to get us ready because Advent starts after Thanksgiving. Holy moly, right? There's also about 11,000 other things that are in your newsletter that is just hot off the presses this week as well as your bulletin. So take a look at those because I don't want to be here all day. So with that, let us receive our benediction and go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.
2: Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful week.
0: today i will see you in two weeks weeks? enjoy enjoy well not enjoy your i almost (laughs) said enjoy your wedding (laughs) enjoy the wedding